things like strong highlighting that doesn't photograph well in flash photography and so it's a, a makeup artist will understand how makeup will photograph and be on camera and video much better Welcome to the Yes Do I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. Hi there, I'm Chris Piercy and welcome to the Yes Do I Do podcast. I'm joined by uh, Jack Brister and our special guest today, Kirsten Sayre. Hello. Hello. And how are we all doing today? Brilliant, thank you. And what about you, Jack? Oh yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to our very first podcast. So yeah, our very first one today. So um, Jack, tell us a little bit, what's, what is the plan of the Yes To Do I Do podcast? Uh, so the, the basic premise for Yes To I Do, we uh, every week we're going to have a guest on who is a expert in their field in the wedding industry. Uh, and we're going to discuss a topic about planning your wedding. So uh, the whole idea is that we hopefully uh, help you plan the most amazing wedding day. That's our aim, really. We're not here to kind of sell you anything or do anything like that. We want to help you create the best wedding day possible uh, so we ask some questions have a conversation with them uh, and then after that we have some quick fire questions where you get to the nitty-gritty and you find out exactly what you need to know for your wedding day uh, that's the basic premise Chris do you think there's anything we need to add to that uh, no and it's, a, it's not a difficult premise to kind of uh, get your head around we talk about wedding planning because we've uh, between us I don't, I don't it's a number I probably don't even know how to count to, how many weddings we've done between us. Um, obviously been involved with a lot of the uh, uh, the planning process with brides. Uh, obviously had direct uh, contact with brides throughout the, the process. So yeah, I feel like between us we can all uh, chip in something very useful. Absolutely. And I think it's important to just say, because in case anyone doesn't know who we are, uh, I imagine actually in reality quite a lot of people Everyone. don't know who we are. Exactly. Uh, I'm Jack Brister. I'm a wedding professional. I'm a wedding magician. Uh, so I go around to weddings and perform uh, magic at uh, during the drink reception, during the wedding breakfast, or even into the evening reception as well. Uh, and Chris, uh, you might want to explain what you do as well. Well, uh, essentially, I do the same thing. I'm a wedding magician as well. Uh, Jack's based up in Norfolk, but works all over the country. Uh, I'm based down in Dorset on the south coast and also work wherever I need to. Uh, Jack works internationally as well, which he's uh, obviously too uh, proud to say. Uh, but uh, yes, we're both wedding professionals and uh, performed at uh, a lot of different events. Um, and I think that's enough about us. Let's introduce our guest. So our guest today is uh, Kirsten Sayre, who is a makeup artist. How are you doing today, Kirsten? Hello, thank you for having me. Um, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, I'm really good. Perfect. So, um, tell us all about being a makeup artist. What, what what got you into it in the first place? So, I've always had a bit of a passion for makeup, um, specifically not just how it can make people look different, but actually how it makes you feel different, and it just adds to you know some people it's their daily routine to do, but there's there's lots of different areas to makeup. I think it's more complex than people would probably give it credit for. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I don't have much experience with makeup myself. Uh, I'm, Jack, I'm guessing you're probably the same. No, absolutely. And we don't really have any experience with the, the wedding side of makeup either. We just see the bride at the end of it. Once it's all finished, we don't see any of the bits that go on beforehand. So it is a, a really fascinating subject to talk about, I think. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, exactly right. That's uh, my You kind of see, often meet the brides before, so you kind of know what they look like before. And then you see them on the day. And you don't see that some sort of transformation is taking place. Um, and although it's not magic, it kind of looks like it. But that's kind of people like Kirsten uh, doing their work, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, Kirsten, what, how long have you been doing it for? 
I first started my training in 2004. I trained predominantly in TV and film in London and then my hometown is Weymouth in Dorset so I wanted to sort of come back. So wedding wise I have been within wedding industries for about five years since 2013. Um, so yeah so it's lovely a really lovely industry to be involved in. What specifically is it about weddings that make you like enjoy it so much do you think? It's a very privileged position because I see the wedding party straight from the minute that they're probably get, they've got up, they're in their pajamas, and the emotions are completely different to anything they've experienced before. And it's a really privileged position to be able to share that with them and get involved. And genuinely, all the brides I've spent the morning with on on their wedding day have been absolutely lovely. So it's a really lovely position to be in. You sort of feel the buzz and the excitement and, you know, the start of the day starts to build up. It's brilliant. I, I guess that, like, along with yourself and probably um, people who do, like, bridal hair, you're and maybe the photographers, you're the only suppliers who actually get to, get to be involved in that kind of part of it because everyone else is either not there at all on the day because they've already done their work, like making a cake, for instance, or they're there on the day of themselves, like uh, myself and Jack would be. So, yeah, so I can understand that feeling kind of pretty privileged. Yeah, definitely. It's just a really lovely position to be in. And it's a bit, um, the first the first look sometimes that the father gets of the bride, it's a very personal moment. And invariably, you are still there for that. And to share that is a really, really lovely thing. So I'm very, very glad to do what I do. Absolutely. Well, I imagine uh, that with your your job as, as a makeup artist, it must be something that a lot of people think that they can do themselves. Would you say that's fair? Or they, they think that their, their friend might be able to do it for them. Is that something that you, you sort of struggle with to find? Uh, and you see a lot of people are doing that. Absolutely. I, the, the main thing that people say to me is that although they can do their makeup themselves, what they wanted to take into consideration is things like that they wanted it to last all day as well as all night and also for it to look spick and span and clean in photography so if they're having their photographs taken so I think people especially a lot of women that I talk to have a makeup routine that they do day in day out and actually want something different and bridal that's going to last and that's going to photograph well so that's when they do turn to professionals um, in the industry. Okay, that's interesting because that's not really something I can say. Obviously, I'm aware that kind of women, well, I, most women, I guess, have a some sort of makeup routine during the day. Uh, um, but I didn't really, hadn't really thought about it, whether it, some makeup photographs better than others, does it? Yes, definitely. And things like um, fashion and trends as well. If you wear a makeup look that might be fashionable for the moment that we're in. So sometimes it might be a, a strong eyeline flick, for example. People don't want that to have that on their wedding day either. They want to have those things that do photograph well. And mm -hmm. Things like strong highlighting that doesn't photograph well in flash photography. And so it's, a, a makeup artist will understand how makeup will photograph and be on camera and video much better. Nice. Interesting, it's like, like literally, I'm learning something already. So uh, in in the first podcast, I've I've learned something, uh, learned something new. So hopefully, other people have as well. Absolutely. I mean, for, I mean, I suppose for us especially, because as men, we we have zero experience with putting makeup on, really. Um, and so I would never have known 
that uh, that make up photographs differently. And I, I, you know, I think that's something that only comes with experience. And you know, your film experience, I imagine, plays massively into that, knowing how that sort of plays on camera. Yes, definitely. When you when you do filming, you watch in all the time when you're you're behind the scenes and you're watching on a monitor so you can have a direct correlation to how it's being photographed or how it's being filmed all the time and you can make slight adjustments. The things also to can take into consideration in film and camera work is the environment as well. So for example, if it's a hot, really sunny, sunny day, the makeup will be completely almost washed out. So to take into consideration things like that because in this modern era, the cameras, um, whether it's for TV or whether it's a, a photographic camera, they are as sharp as the naked eye, so they will pick up absolutely everything. So sometimes it's the element, so if it's a darker day or a brighter day, that has to come into, into consideration as well. That's uh, very interesting. Yeah, so just purely out of my own curiosity, and other people might be wondering, you said about um, different lights and things like that. I mean, would you... Do you put on makeup differently in the summer compared to the winter? I mean, or does it, like, does it, does the seasons make a difference in any way, or is it, do you do the same no matter what? The seasons definitely make a difference. The sun coming straight down from above will almost neutralise the makeup, so it would almost wash it out, if you like. So it tends to be that we sort of make a bit more colour in the face, whether it's like a blush or a bronzer. Um, and again, in the winter, if it's a bit darker, then we just need to sort of brighten up the face a little bit as well. So, well, I had literally no idea that was uh, even the slightest consideration. Jack, would you? Did you know anything about that? No, absolutely not. It's uh, fascinating. You, you, I, as uh, as Kirsten was talking there, it seemed as though most of the words she was saying, such as bronzer and things like that, blew straight over your head, um, as if you'd never heard them before in your life. Yeah, that's because I. I haven't really, you know, it's it's just a completely different world. And, I, you know, I appreciate that uh, obviously for, for women, they, they know what these things are. But still, I, I you know, I can't imagine that, uh, that any level of experience is going to come close to what Kirsten has in terms of uh, knowing how to put it on, when to put it on and how how the, the different type, types of day and the weather and all that changes uh, how everything works for you and that's something that, that I suppose no one else will know except for someone with the kind of experience you have um yeah just so when you when you turn up on this obviously you, you have makeup trials don't you with with brides to kind of uh see what they want to do with their, their makeup and how they want it to see and etc uh you can see I know all the terminology right there um so um but on the day when you actually turn up in the morning to get them get their makeup sorted, does that then does your plan then change based upon the weather or the, the lighting on the day and, and things like that, or would you already have an idea from just turning up from based on the trial? It's a good question and it highlights how important the trial is because what I tend to do at a trial is encourage the brides to look at the makeup outside. I encourage them to take a photograph. A photograph of flash photography as well and just to look at it in all different kind of aspects um, but invariably once I've done the trial and we've exhausted all the avenues and all the possibilities then I tend to turn up on the day and just get straight into it and 
that minimises any extra stress for the bride and they haven't got any decisions to make or anything to contemplate or think about extra. So, well, so absolutely vital to have a makeup trial then? Absolutely vital. For me personally as well, not only just for the, for the bride and the bridal party, they know exactly what they're getting and also I can prepare, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I have everything written down, I've got a consultation sheet, so I know exactly what I'm going to do. The bride knows exactly what they're going to look like and it, that makes for a much more relaxed experience. I guess the other part of it as well is that um, you're going to be um, forming a bond and a bit of a relationship with that bride as well. And I feel like I'm, I'm having, although no person in person, I know that sort of is quite important for her in terms of who she wants to work with. You want to kind of form that kind of friendship with them almost um, and uh, kind of consider them actually like a, a friend by the time you come to actually doing their makeup. So, because it's then that much more important to you. Absolutely. But makeup is very, very personal and it's a very personal thing, it's a very private thing and to invite somebody to almost change your look is a really big decision and I completely respect that but I really believe that people like people who are like themselves and I, the people who I've worked with and all the brides I've worked with, I do tend to become really good friends with them because we're on the same page and we just have a you know, a nice relationship and um, yeah, it's just really lovely. I'm very, very lucky. So my, I have a question. Um, when it comes to planning a makeup trial or, or even doing the makeup on the day, is uh, how far are you prepared to go with the makeup? So I know that, you know, you go to a lot of weddings and you see a lot of different brides with different levels of makeup. Is that a makeup artist choice or is that a choice of the bride or is that kind of a, a joint discussion how does that kind of work what point do no. because obviously they have their usual makeup routine but you're not going to go through that process you're going to you know glam it up a bit more or do something else uh, whose discretion is that it's a bit of everything it's a bit of a meeting of minds i think that sometimes it's a good idea to have an idea of what you want, but also an idea of what you don't want. Um, we're obviously a very visual industry, so if I can see photographs or pictures of an idea of a makeup that they would like to have, then that helps me out. But no two weddings are the same. Sometimes I have brides who never wear makeup and they just want to look natural. Sometimes I have brides that have got a definite idea of what they want. Um, and equally, I have brides that say, I don't normally wear makeup, but I'm happy for you to do whatever you like. And it's a bit, I always say to them, it's a bit like going food shopping when you're hungry. You don't know, you know what you don't want. And, you, and it's until you see it, until you see it on your face, then, then you can make an informed decision. And once you've seen all the makeup on your face, the trial then becomes a case of exploring either more or less or taking something away or adding something and tweaking it until we get it right so it's a mixture of all of those things to be honest perfect so would you then in that case would you recommend a bride doing a pinterest board perhaps of all of the different kind of you know when they see a makeup that style that they like save it to the pinterest board and when they meet their makeup artist they can show them that board and they can go, right, okay, I get an idea of the style and then they can adapt it to their face. Is that something you'd recommend doing? 
Absolutely. My only air of caution with the Pinterest, which I've seen time and again, is a lot of the photographs that seem to crop up on the bridal makeup section are very heavily photoshopped. They are not realistic and sometimes they are so photoshopped that actually it's almost impossible to recreate. There's no facial features or anything. So yes, it's good to have a good idea, but more so rather for either colorways or styles rather than exact replicas, because the photos of, of makeup on Pinterest particularly, in my experience, I found sometimes can be a little bit misleading. That's fascinating. I didn't have a, well, I'm, I'm aware that kind of filters exist and things like that, but I hadn't really thought that, you know, having seen something that, that, that's got to be a source of frustration for brides though. I mean, if they say, oh, I saw this picture of whatever celebrity or whatever, and they go, that's exactly the overcome of my wedding. And then you have to turn around and say to them, yeah, sorry, that's not possible without, uh, unless you're going to pay your uh, photographer a lot of money to do that in Photoshop. And that's, so you've got to kind of check their uh, reality, I guess, so, to, a, to a certain extent and kind of bring them back into line and say, well, actually, that isn't even possible. But, uh, is that hard to do that? Well, it is to a point. It's I would call it more managing expectation. Yeah, I think that's the term I was looking for. It's, it's, I try to encourage the photographs that they've seen in terms of saying, those colours look fantastic, um, we can do that. But if you look at this lady's face shape, that's a little bit different to your face shape and, and those kind of things. So keeping it realistic without trying to dissuade them from what they want and trying my very best to replicate it as best I can, but also pointing out that actually if you look in that photograph, then it's been so photoshopped or airbrushed or that's been added electronically on a computer or, or what have you. So... Perfect. I think uh, you kind of answered the question I, I then had for you. Um, it was about uh, facial types, I suppose, different face shapes and stuff. Does that uh, play when someone is choosing a, a makeup picture that she likes the look of? Um, does the, the type of the face, when they see the picture and it's completely unrealistic to what they look like, does that mean it's not possible to recreate in any way or there like ways around it? I I, again, it's a foreign concept, so I don't know how that works. Sometimes it can be, but in all honesty, I think that a good makeup artist can recreate from a picture or from a brief really quite well, to be honest with you. I think face shapes you can are sort of almost by the by. I, I take into consideration more so things like facial colouring, eye colouring, hair colouring. That's more that's more important um, than the face shape, to be honest. So it's, it's kind of fine for someone to bring along basically any a picture of anyone, even if, even if like you've got a really round face and the person you've got in the picture's really got a really skinny face, it's still okay to bring that suggestion to the table um, and that something of that nature should be recreatable by someone, someone like yourself. Absolutely. I, I think a professional can just almost, they look beyond the face shape and they just solely look at the makeup and how it's been applied and where it's been applied and then it's recreating that as best possible. Well, I've, I'm learning a lot already. I don't know about you, Jack. But, uh... I've, I mean, I've learned a lot, um, that's for sure. So I think that kind of moves us on nicely. I think that, well, hopefully people listening to this has learned a lot as well. I think it kind of moves us on nicely because... I think this is just showing that even us as professionals are learning something quite a lot. I mean, obviously, we're not in makeup anyway, 
but it's going to shows how important having a professional makeup artist is. Um, now, there's a specific topic that we wanted to cover today, which is actually about um, booking your friends to be your suppliers on your wedding day. Um, and this is a we, this is the idea of this podcast is that when we choose our special guests, we also send out a list of topics and. Um, the special guests can choose whichever topic they like. So Kirsten has chosen that she'd like to talk about booking friends as suppliers. Now, what what uh, kind of drew you towards choosing this as the as the topic for today? Then, because on a couple of occasions that I have been asked to be makeup artist at a wedding because friends of the bride have let them down at the last minute. Ouch! So I've been as a byproduct of. Friends being booked and then disappointing, unfortunately. Wow, yeah, that's the. Is it then the case that you would say don't ever book friends, or was that just too much of a blanket statement? I think that's too much of a blanket statement because I think that sometimes things can't be helped. I think life sometimes does get in the way, but by booking a friend, I think that it. I mean, I did a wedding, for example, and she booked me a week before because her makeup artist friend was booked and then she realized she'd already booked a holiday and i think sometimes when you let people down if it's your friend it's not as it's more easier to let them down so a professional would never let you down in that kind of manner but sometimes when you're friends there's a bit more room for um interpretation to what you're you know what you exactly have booked them for that's really, really quite cold, saying, I'm oh, sorry I can't come to your wedding that I put me for. Uh, I'm going on holiday. I'm going to have a great time. Um, yeah, well, I, I think that I, mean, I, I get asked um, relatively frequently by the few friends that I have to uh, come and perform at their weddings, and I just find, I just find me personally, it's a little bit uh, awkward in a way, because in some ways I don't want to even charge them anything because I'm aware that it's my time and I'm aware that I could be earning money elsewhere but then taking money from your friends seems not quite right so I mean there I think that's one of the main issues I have I mean I have done it and I do do it but it it never kind of sits quite right with me and I'd rather be invited as a guest and then just do a, a bit of magic for fun than be expected to be kind of fully on my game as a, as a performer I mean what, what's your experience with that Jack? I, I totally agree. For me, it's uh, if a friend asks me to do something and I'm available, I'm not going to be uh, treating it like an actual uh, actual wedding. It's going to be more of a I've been invited and I'll do some tricks because uh, you know as soon as you set that uh, that precedent that you are going to be doing it as a professional, you're then you have to then meet that expectation as well. And I don't think that's necessarily fair on you or your friend. Um, and I think, you know, when you're a, a bride looking at booking a friend to come uh, and do any part of the wedding, you're uh, you're almost devaluing that supplying uh, that supplier's nature um, by, by having a friend come in, whatever that might be. I mean, there are, you know, makeup artists, people might assume that because they're good at doing their own makeup, they're going to be able to do their wedding makeup. I imagine that happens an awful lot. Um, and equally, you know, just because someone can take a nice photo on an iPhone doesn't mean that uh, they're going to be a very good wedding photographer. So I think, you you know, hiring a friend to come and do something at your wedding 
you need to err on the side of caution for almost all of it, I think, personally. I don't know what Kirsten's experience is about. Obviously, you've, you've spoken of a couple of times, but I imagine that happens a lot for, for weddings is that people go, well, I've, I can do my own makeup. I do it every day, so I don't need a makeup artist. Yeah, so I have, I have heard that. And then, um, or they will get their friends to do it, or they can, they can do it themselves. Sometimes I've done lessons for ladies who want to do it themselves, but actually just want that refinement and just polishing it, which is absolutely fine. I don't mind doing that whatsoever. But um, I do, I agree with both of you. Sometimes it can be so difficult where friends are involved, and it's. You, you want to do your very best for them, but equally, if you're going to be a guest as well, your focus is on different different areas of the wedding as well. So it's quite difficult. So here's here's a question, just kind of playing devil's advocate. If a friend wanted to book you and did actually want to keep it kind of professional, and this is kind of, I, I guess this is going to apply to anyone listening as well, um, would you then go through the same process as a supplier with them and make them sign a contract and make them pay the deposit and uh, situation. What about, what would you do with that, Jack? If I was a, a wedding supplier, so if a friend of mine came to me and said, I'm, I want you to come and be part of my wedding and I'm going to pay you and I want you to come and do it, then yes, then I'm going to treat it like a actual client. But if you've, if you've just got a friend who, you know, does a couple of card tricks mm. and you, think that's the same as hiring a professional then um i think it you don't need that if you know is the the magician doesn't need to have that um that contract and stuff in place because it is you're just having a friend to come and do a couple of card tricks and you need to understand that that's not going to be the same as having a professional entertainer come in and do it so it's not going to be treated the same way so for me if someone books me as a friend and wants to pay me money to come and do it it's going to be done through the proper you know, systems and we're going to go through the process that any other client would go through because I'm going to treat it like a proper gig because it is a proper gig at that point. Yeah, I guess that's the point. That I, I suppose we're talking about two separate things almost here. One is where you've got uh, someone who's a friend who's actually a professional wedding supplier and then the other is a case where you've got someone who is maybe good at a certain thing like taking photos or they can do a couple of card tricks or they can do a bit of makeup. So, I mean, from my point of view, and you may agree on this or disagree, I think if you've got a friend who's a professional wedding supplier, then I guess you should have no problem at all with making them part of your, your wedding team, if you want to call it that, because that's what their job is. But still make sure you get contracts signed and things like that, because the last thing you want them is going on holiday because they forgot to put it in the diary properly or whatever it might be. Whereas if you've got someone who can just do a little bit of makeup or do a couple of card tricks or whatever it is that they, they can do some they have a, a camera and they can use it. I guess if they're not a professional supplier, then you've either got to take anything they offer with a grain of salt or maybe a bag of salt, or uh, perhaps um, maybe just expect a little bit less. And it's, I guess it comes down to whether you want to take that risk or not. Absolutely, I agree. I think when you are booking someone who's not a professional, then you have to know that you're not going to get the same, you're not necessarily going to get the same level of quality or experience or knowledge. But, you know, I've got a friend who's getting married next August and uh, I'm going along as a guest. I'm not doing any magic. I'm not doing anything at all. I'm just there to be part of the day. And um, my girlfriend uh, is used to work at a wedding venue as well. So we, we have for, you know, 25 year olds have got disturbing amount of experience with weddings. 
Um, and so she's not using us to come and be suppliers or do anything like that, but she's asking us questions because we have the experience. You know, we've done hundreds of weddings uh, and continue to do hundreds of weddings. So we know a lot more than most people would. So, I mean, I think not having a, a friend who's a wedding supplier come and be a supplier, but using their knowledge and their experience is a different thing entirely. And I think that's something that, that you should do if you know someone who has experience of weddings. And that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a supplier. It could be a another bride who's got married before. You know, ask them questions, talk to them about it, but don't necessarily book them to be part of your day. I think that's pretty, pretty sound advice. What do you think of that, Kirsten? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think if you are in the industry and you can stop yourselves falling from down a hole just by asking some questions and that's really really good advice and really uh, I would highly recommend doing that definitely. Yes I think that I mean it's very rare for a professional supplier to not know at least one person who is in a particular segment of the wedding industry uh, whether that be anything from harpist to photographer to string quartet to um, wedding decorator or anything most suppliers will know someone so if you have a friend who's a wedding supplier if you're not feeling completely comfortable at asking them about having them there then at least ask for recommendation because they'll probably know someone who's exactly the same in exactly the same segment of the industry but um you know and they can recommend rather than them feeling like they have to come along themselves and then maybe putting the friendship at risk i mean the, one of the worst stories i've ever heard from a, a wedding is about a somebody a bride who got their friend to do the photography uh and they came along with the camera and they um had this had just one sd card to um, take all the photos on and that sd card got wrecked i'm not entirely sure how but um i think that i mean i'm not an expert on wedding photography but i think most wedding photographers have uh, two sd cards in there back them up the backup at the same time and as soon as they are full they get put into a laptop which they bring with them and then they're then double backed up both of them onto the, the laptop as well so there's literally in four different places these photos so there's no chance of anything happening to them barring some strange freak disaster um so yeah that's that's obviously a horror story uh but that's the sort of thing that could potentially happen if you kind of go with someone who's not a professional uh, who's a friend of yours and then it's going to be difficult to be friends with them after that um, well, maybe not, I don't know, maybe being a melodramatic. No, absolutely, I agree. I think um, that you know, that is the kind of thing you get with experience, isn't it? And you only get experience by doing a lot of weddings and being a professional supplier. Uh, that's why you pay the money to have a photographer to come to your days, that they have that experience. They know that if things go wrong, they've got four backups. Yeah. You know, and not only that, a photographer, if you're not having a Toastmaster or anything like that, a photographer plays a, an incredibly important part in the day. Like they are the ones who've got to keep time of everything. You know, when the planner's not there, the planner's elsewhere, or, you know, there's no Toastmaster. They're the ones who are keeping you in check and making sure you're back where you need to be at the right time. So, and that's something you'll get from experience and you won't get from a friend who's a photographer or does a couple of photos. Um, so I think that, you know, when you're not looking at a professional supplier, you're looking at a friend, you need to bear in mind that these things are things that you won't get from them because they don't they don't necessarily know it exists or that it might be important or that you might need to know it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, could, I think I 
can't disagree with anything you just said. Uh, so in conclusion, Kirsten, I mean, obviously you, you, you came to us uh, saying you wanted to talk as booking friends and suppliers. In a few words, what would you say is your conclusion on the subject? I would say be very clear and very concise about exactly what's going to happen, exactly what they're offering, exactly what you're going to get, exactly how they're going to fit into your day. So if they're going to come and do a job for you, are they going to go and be a guest? Is it going to stress them out? Because if they're stressed out, they might stress you out. Just, you know, you, you know your own friends. If you think it's a great idea, then I completely support that but just sometimes not all times but sometimes just have your wits about you and just make sure it's exactly what you want for your wedding day or you want the professionals to take that stress away from it i think that the the word clarity is uh, probably the, the most important thing i like i took from that that yeah there needs to be that clarity between yourself and your friend about exactly what is being agreed upon um so that there's there's no doubt whatsoever and that they're not going to swan off on holiday or whatever. I think that's uh, exhausted that as much as we possibly can, maybe. So we're now going to move on to the quickfire questions for Kirsten here. So, um, Kirsten, are you ready for these quickfire questions? Okay, I'm ready. You are ready. That's Wonderful. No, they're not, they're not that quick. So, uh, number one, uh, number one uh, tip for hiring within the uh, hiring your makeup artist. What would you say is that? I would look at their style, look at their approachability, look how they are already working in the industry, look at their work, look at their qualifications, look at their reputation, all those, do a bit of homework, all those kind of good things. Okay, moving on, uh, your favourite wedding story? Obviously, I don't go to the weddings, so I don't see much of the weddings, but I always enjoy listening to how the couples met. I'm a bit of an old romantic at heart. So listening to the stories of how my couples met is um, one of my favourite things. Okay, that's uh, well, I guess that's a bit different from us because obviously you're not there on the day. Uh, so is there, is there a favourite story about how a couple have met that's uh, particularly interesting? I heard one yesterday about a couple who met on the next to the broccoli in Tesco. So. <laughs> and and then actually had um, broccoli florets as their uh, buttonholes. Um, Interesting. That's quite sweet. Quite sweet and weird and random, but uh, yeah, nice. Very sweet. Um, worst thing you've experienced at a wedding? Obviously, like you don't get to go there, but you know. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't get to go. The, some of the worst things that I, I suppose I, I've been experiencing is that the weather. The weather. You can't. You can't book the weather. You can't change the weather. That's the only thing on your wedding you can't book. But I suppose the disappointment and the wedding party sort of going out the door in, um, I saw a bride go to her wedding in her Wellington boots once because it was, the downpour was so horrific. So my heart breaks for them when, when that happens. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but then I also think you've got to make the most of whatever situation is. I mean, um, some of the best wedding photos I've seen have been taken in the rain because we've had couples that have kind of taken advantage of that situation uh, and really kind of made the weather their own. I mean, obviously, it's not what you plan for, uh, but it's, uh, it's you know, it's, it is what you make of it. But uh, that's a story for another day, probably. Um, so what's your number one tip for wedding planning in general? So not, not to do with makeup um, specifically, but just uh, planning in general. In planning in general, I would say do it your way. Do it your way in your style. There's lots of traditional ways, and I believe from the amount of, I've probably seen well over a hundred weddings easily. 
that people don't always have to do it the traditional way and some of the best ones are where they've just done it exactly in their style and exactly the way they wanted it to be so yes yeah do it do it your way i think that's great i mean it's one of one of the things i always say to couples that um i speak to is they that stamp your personality all over your wedding so that people turn up and say i know this is john and joe's wedding or whoever they might be uh, rather than turning up and it being kind of cookie cutter and this could be anyone's wedding make sure that people know from the from the outset this is this is your wedding um i, I always feel that's really really important any thoughts on that jack i mean i i can't disagree with anyone i think that's that's totally true is that you've got to do you if you're um you you can't look at other people's weddings and try and go i want to be like that wedding um because it's you're never going to be happy if you're trying to beat someone else's wedding you're not going to be happy with it because you're just trying to beat someone else's so you know you've got to do you you've got to be happy with what you're doing on your wedding day that's the most important thing i think for me is that they do what they want to do uh, and are not forced into trying to get one up on the joneses yeah absolutely um i don't think i can agree with that anymore uh, and finally our random question of the week which i'm going to decide completely randomly now uh, kirsten what's your favorite disney film Oh, I can, and no, di- that was really random. I wasn't expecting that. And Disney Pixar is included in this as well. And Jack's a massive Disney fan, uh, so he can uh, vouch for how, how good your decision is. I'm going to go Frozen. Don't make me sing any Frozen songs. Frozen? So, Jack, what's, what's your opinion of Frozen as a, as a Disney fan? I mean, there are worse Disney films you could have chosen. Um... <laughs> what, what's your favourite, Jack? Not, not that one. Well, that's for sure. Oh. My favourite. Um, oh dear. No, see, when when we decided we were going to do a random question each week, I assumed they were going to be wedding related. No. So now I've been completely th- thrown as well. So it's not just uh, Kirsten here. Uh, my favourite Disney film. That's a tough one. You need one. about a week to answer this, I reckon. I do, yeah, because I've got to go through. I've got to now go downstairs into the uh, DVD cupboard and go through them all and go w- find out which one it is. So can I can I come back to you tomorrow? Yeah, t- t- tune in for the next episode. I mean, it's, it's the cliffhanger we were desperate for on this podcast, and <laughs> so make you I tune mean... in for the next one, finding out what uh, Jack's favourite Disney film is. So, <laughs> what's yours, Chris? Uh, well, yes. Similarly, I just clearly have to go. No, um, if we're including Disney Pixar, then I'd go Inside Out all day long. Oh, that's a good choice. That's a very good choice. Well, I think that about uh, wraps us up, doesn't it, Chris? I, I think it does. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. So we're doing an episode every day this week. Uh, and then from then on, we're going to go every week. You will get a new podcast come out and, and you'll be able to hear from the next wedding professional. So thank you so much for joining us. I've been Jack. I've been Chris. And uh, Chris. I- I've been me. We'll have to work on the outro. And uh, thank you much, uh, Kirsten, for joining us today. Thank you for having me for your first one. Very, very privileged indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Yes To I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes To I Do Podcast.